The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Doug Bursch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. You know, I feel like I've been coming out of a fog. Not weather related, it's still rainy, but uh, just emotionally. Sometimes you can get in these funks and you just, you're in a fog. Uh, Today's show, I want to encourage you with some really good news. And this good news is not going to come from me going to come from you. That's right. Some of the best news we can hear will come from us. I'm going to show you how to access that really good news that God wants to speak through you today in this very show on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. so glad you joined us today. I am Dr. Doug Bursch. I pastor Evergreen Church, our co-pastor Evergreen Church, along with Pastor Dan Behrens in Auburn, Washington. We, we meet at the Junior Achievement Building on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you want to stop by and uh, see as we're just trying to figure things out. We've only been there a couple weeks, so it's just still a little bit chaotic, but you can watch us as we're just forming things, kind of restarting what it means to be a church. Uh, But this is The Fairly Spiritual Show, and I'm so glad you could join me today. If you want to text me uh, during the show or any time during the week, I love getting encouraging messages from people who've been impacted by the podcast or uh, the radio broadcast. Uh, You can text me through this number, or you can leave a message if you don't want to use your thumbs. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And because this is on radio, I have to do it three times, 360-818-4513. You can also go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org to find past shows, uh, other things I've written, Bible reading plans, uh, ways to purchase my book, The Community of God, all sorts of things to avoid, really. Go to fairlyspiritual.org for that. Uh, and uh, oh, why, why not? Why not just say a bunch of things you're not going to do? Here's another thing you don't have to do. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that through SoundCloud, Stitcher, or uh, iTunes as well, The Fairly Spiritual Show. But I want to get right into it. Uh, today's show I'm kind of excited about. I'm not like I was bored about past shows, but I think this is going to be encouraging to some of you. Uh, the idea of transformation that I don't know if you ever uh, go to church or you hear a pastor preach, and instead of feeling encouraged, even though you think I should be encouraged, you just feel kind of condemned and discouraged and the things that the pastor says about you and tells you who you are and what you can do, it just, it feels condemning. Even if it's things like, you know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and you, and you hear that and you just, you just feel like, uh, what am I doing wrong? You just feel like a failure and you, and you don't know why that even messages that are meant to encourage you seem to discourage you. Even people telling you good things about you seem to discourage you. Even people praying for you discourages you. So I want to look at that, that why sometimes we are discouraged when people are trying to help us. Um, even maybe you might be listening to Christian radio and you know great sermons. There's nothing wrong with the sermons, but instead of being encouraged, you're discouraged. Or instead of your self-worth being built up, you feel worthless. You feel just bad about yourself and bad about your future. So uh, just follow me on this logic a little bit, and, and we'll see where it ends here. But First, I want to talk about, 
when transformation occurs, as a pastor, I've found testimonies often occur this way. When people really get something out of church, let's say coming to church, coming to a Sunday service, when they really get something out of my message or out of the worship service or out of you know singing during worship, a, a word given, a scripture, whatever happens, a testimony, I've found when you really see transformation occur, it almost always has this sort of testimonial reality. Someone will say, this week, God's really been speaking to me about this. They'll use some sort of term like this, or this week, I've been in the Word, I was reading in John, or this week I was praying, or this week I was talking with a friend, and we were talking about what the Lord wants me to do in this area. So the the preface to their testimony is that they were already encountering God before they entered the service. Now, this doesn't happen in all situations, because God is not a formula, but this often happens, that the person has already spent time with God. They'll say, I was praying, and you know, I felt like God was telling me that I could have a peace that passes understanding, or, or I was walking, you know, around the lake with a friend, and I stopped and I looked at the trees and I was thinking about, you know, God's magnificence and how I'm very small and God is big and I don't have to worry about my life. And, and then when I, then this is how the testimony changes. Then they'll go, and then during church you said something that confirmed what God has been saying to me. What you said during the message went right along what God had said to me during my prayer time or what God had said to me when I was reading the Word. Or for those of you who are like, well, I don't use those terms, you know, God said to me, but I'd read something in Scripture, and what you preached on is exactly what I was reading in Scripture, or, or what you preached on was exactly what we were praying about earlier, or the Bible study we had earlier this week is exactly what you're preaching on, or what the worship leader, the Scripture she shared, or... The reality is when people grow in a service, when church becomes exciting, when it becomes relevant, it almost always becomes a place of confirmation of the spirituality that is happening throughout the week. And it works that way as well, that during the week, then someone will go, wow, you know, this is exactly what the pastor was talking about, or this is exactly what our worship leader was talking about, or this is what I talked about after church when I prayed with someone in the foyer. You know, these are the kinds of things that happen when people are growing in the Lord. That instead of just, I didn't do anything this week, I haven't been in the Word, I haven't been praying, I haven't been seeking God's counsel, and the pastor said something and I was like, oh, this is amazing, this is going to change my life. That's usually not where transformation occurs. Yes, does God get a hold of us when we're just numb? He does. But I see spiritual growth often occurring when people have first spent time with God. So I'm just going to throw that out first. And then with that, I I read some stuff this week that really, I think, confirms this from a scientific approach. So we're just going to just move in a direction that you might not have thought I was going to move in. I've been reading this book called Emotional First Aid by Dr. Guy Winch. And uh, Dr. Guy Winch, it's not um, a Christian book. It's just I'd heard him speak about emotional health. And I like the stuff he was talking about, just practical things that uh, psychological struggles that we have and ways that people can deal with, you know, healthy psychological well-being. And so the book's called Emotional First Aid. And, and as I've looked through it, lots of good practical advice. He looks at different studies. And just as we have a medicine cabinet, you know, where we take aspirin for certain things or Band-Aids when we get bruised or cut, he talks about just practical things we can do for our emotional health. 
And uh, in one of the chapters, he talks about self-worth and basically looks at the idea of, you know, people who have low self-worth, who are constantly feeling bad about themselves, and people who have a sense of self-worth. And I'm not talking about pride and arrogance, but just self-worth where they believe, you know, I can do this and I can move forward and I, I, I don't have to sit in this pit of despair, but I can actually do uh, something that helps me move forward. I can... I can, you know, get off the couch and go get the job. I can provide for my family. I can actually move on. I can start dating if I'm, you know, frustrated that I'm single, that I can take that next step. And so one of the things he talked about is the concept of positive affirmations, right? There's all kinds of uh, books. There's all kinds of people who say, you know, you need positive affirmations, right? But studies have shown this again and again, that positive affirmations don't actually help the people we think they help. Positive affirmations, you know, the ones that you, you read in the morning, you know, you're a great person, you're a smart person, and you can do everything, right? You know, those kinds of, just in the morning, read a positive affirmation about yourself, and it'll increase your self-worth. Well, what studies have shown is positive affirmations only help people who already have a strong sense of their own self-worth. So if you already have a strong sense that you can do it, and you don't hate yourself, and, and you feel like, yeah, you know, I can do this. Life's okay. I can move forward. They, positive affirmations help those people, but those people don't need those positive affirmations. Positive affirmations actually hurt the self-esteem and self-worth of people who have low self-worth and low self-esteem. And sadly, those are often the people who go to those positive affirmations. So they 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 read them they you know they they do a new year's resolution and they wake up in the morning or in the evening and they you know you're a good person you can do good things you can move forward you know and and they read these things but instead of those positive affirmations increasing their self-worth or making them see themselves better they actually just see those positive affirmations as an accusation against themselves they just feel worse about themselves they they just see as i am i'm not a you know, I'm not good at this. I'm bad. I'll never be good at this. I can't do this. I'm a worthless person. By reading that affirmation, it just becomes an accusation. This really just, just kind of was like an aha moment for me. It just kind of hit me because so often when it comes to spirituality, often as a pastor, I become someone's positive affirmation. And what I mean by that is I become the one who tells you who you are. I come to you and I say, you're this, or in Christ you're that. And I, I see these really strong things and even very encouraging things, right? Like, you know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I'm not talking that's like, a, you know, you can weight lift a thousand pounds or something. Like, let's, let's say the most accurate, healthy scripture about who you are in Christ. And I will come to you and I'll say, this is who you are in Christ. Now, I know that is far more than just a positive affirmation. But if I present that to you, and you have a, a bad understanding of who you are, instead of you receiving that and saying, yes, that's who I am, in some weird, twisted way, it'll just become, I'm not that. The pastor says I'm that, but I'm not. The radio guy says I'm that, but I'm not. And it actually becomes an accusation against who you are. When I read a scripture to you, uh, it's different than you reading a scripture yourself. When I read a scripture to you and I say, this is what the scripture says about you, 
it becomes an accusation. When you read it yourself, it's different. And this is what they found. And this is, this is the big thing that kind of hits me. And so pay attention here a little bit. So this is the way they've found to help people with their own self-worth. If I come to you and say, you're this, 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 and that, uh, and you have a low self-worth, it just hurts your self-worth. You just like, no, I'm not. And then you feel worse about yourself. The only way that people actually feel good about themselves is on their own, they have to discover this. So instead, they'll tell someone, okay, you write down one or two or three things that you feel good about in your own self. Just one or two things. Just what's something you like about yourself? Just what's one or two things you like about yourself? I know some Christians are upset about this because like, well, there's nothing good in me. Only Christ is good in me. But just, just I, I think Christ has put good things in us and Christ has made good things in us and God loves us and he loves his children. But so the reality of we should be able to look at there's things in us that we should love. We shouldn't hate everything about ourselves. We were wonderfully made. We're made in the image of God. When God created us, he said, very good. And yes, sin has marred the image of God in us. But when he sees his children, he loves his children. And he loves our smile and he loves our laugh and he loves who we are. He might not, you know, he doesn't love the sin that we do. But every person can stop and say, what, what's something in me that I love, that I like? What's an attribute in me that I like? So what they found, if I come in and I say, you know, I like this about you and I like that about you and this is good about you, that can just become an accusation. But if you discover it on your own, that gives you a sense of self-worth. Well, I think it's the same way with other things. So if I read a scripture about who Christ is in you to you, if you have a low self-worth, it'll become an accusation. If you read it yourself on your own and meditate upon it, it can give you worth. And that's why people who on their own are reading the word and letting the word you know, you know, into their heart and ruminating on the word, then when I say something, they can say, ah, that confirms what I discovered on my own this week. I spent time with God this week, and as I read the word, God, you revealed to me that I can do all things through, through you who strengthened me. And, and you showed me who I am, and now the pastor is also saying who I am. And you can receive that word as a confirmation. It's the same with if you on your own aren't before the Lord praying, like, Lord, I, I need your help, and I need you to show me who I am, and Lord, just give me a picture of who I am right now. And would you just tell me right now, Lord, the words that you're speaking over me? Would you, would you give me a picture of who you are and how you view me? And I need your encouragement right now. What words of encouragement are you saying to me? That if you just wait for someone else to come and pray over you and say, the Lord loves you and the Lord blesses you. Have you ever had, some of you have people come to you regularly, maybe even on Sundays, and they pray over you and they pray words of blessing and encouragement and you don't receive them. You just think, oh, that's not true. If they only knew me, that's not true. And you reject those words. Well, again, it's like a positive affirmation. When someone else does it for you, it doesn't work. But if you on your own allow the Lord to tell you who you are, and you on your own allow that discovery of who you are, then when someone else comes to you and says, you are a dearly loved child of God, you go, yeah, that's what the Lord told me when I was praying on my own this week. He told me I'm a dearly loved child of God. And, and as Doug on, on the Fairly Spiritual Show told me I'm a dearly loved child of God, that's what you told me before I turned on the radio. He told me that. Before I started this podcast, you told me that I'm a dearly loved child of God. And here I have someone you know, on this show who's saying the same thing, and I can receive that word. See, when someone else tells you, it can become an accusation, but when you discover it yourself, and I believe also when we discover it through the leading of the Holy Spirit, 
it becomes powerful, it becomes something that encourages us, that gives us a foundation to stand on. When I tell you what you should do or be, it becomes an accusation. Now, certainly, like, if it's things like, you know, you need to be kinder and more loving, and you need to be, you know, not much of a, as much of a grump, and you need to repent, and man, those things become accusations. But even the things like, hey, you need to be less hard on yourself, and you need to be kinder to yourself. And if I'm just saying it to you, if you have a low view of yourself, if you're in a place where you're self-hating, it's just going to create more self-hate. But if you on your own just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What next step do you want for my life? Or what steps can I take that are good and right and pure? Or what steps have I been taking that are good and pure and right? Then when I say something to you, it's a confirmation. Just, just as what you learned by yourself or as you learned as you were walking you know, just on a path or you were exercising and thinking about God or you were praying or you were reading scripture, now somebody else confirms it as well. So I, I hope this makes sense to you. And, and for some, some people might not understand that, and that's okay if you don't understand it, it. This is not for you. But I think this is for some other people here because you you have people pray for you and there's a part of your worth where you don't even feel like you can on your own be quiet before the Lord and let the Lord speak. So you come to other people and you and you listen to lots of radio shows and you have lots of people speak into your life and you have lots of people pray for you and they say things to you, but it's never enough and it just becomes an accusation. And I, and I believe even this you know, can become another accusation. But if you could take a faith step and to develop a time where you just stand before the Lord and let the Lord show you who you are outside of somebody coming to you and praying for you, that's still good. It's still good to have people pray for you. It's still good to listen to messages. It's still good to be in the community, in the body. I wrote a whole book about community, the community of God. I believe we become whole people through the community of God, but there's also this relationship between you and God. Now, one of the problems is sometimes when it comes to our relationship with God, we think God is here to condemn us and tell us what a terrible person we are. And so when I say be alone with God, we're afraid to be alone with God because we see God as someone who's just going to just tear into us. And so we come to someone, a person, because we think that person is safer than God. We think, well, that person's going to be kind to me, but God's going to be this angry, mean deity who's going to tear me apart. But it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, and the kindness of God is that God died for every sin, and that God uh, took every punishment on the cross, and he has come to give us grace and love and mercy. So here's an exercise I want you to do, and I think this will help you. And you might not be able to do it during this show, but I'm going to just walk you through it, and then maybe you can do it during this week. But I want you on your own just to think of one to three. I mean, you can do more if you're a perfectionist, right? But just one to three things that you like about yourself. Things that you feel good about yourself. Not what I say you are. You know, you're this and you're that. And, and the pastor says you're this or that. But just things that you feel good. Things, And you can make this in different areas if you want. Like things that make you a good friend. Things that make you a good spouse. Things that make you a good a brother or sister, if you want to make it specific to a certain area, or just in life. And I'm not talking about good person as in sin, but just good, like, when I'm in a room, this is an attribute that helps the room. This is a good thing, like, I'm a good listener, right? I'm, a, I'm, I'm good at encouraging people. I care. I, I don't hurt people. I don't 
keep grudges, whatever, whatever that is. And I gave you a list. Don't just use my list, right? But I'd like you to spend some time and just maybe even quietly find a place where it's quiet. Or if you don't like quietness, you know, find a place where no one is grabbing your attention and and then just sit down and write out one to three attributes. You can do more if it's very encouraging, but just write it out. If you want to describe it more, you can. You can just say, like, you know, I, I know that I, I care about people and I don't want to hurt people. And the, I, whatever the situation is, even if someone is being harmful to me, if they're an enemy, I don't want to hurt people. I really do care about people. I care as best as I know how to try and love people. I'm really trying to love people. That is genuinely true of me. Whether people understand it or not, I genuinely try to love people. I genuinely try to show them love and to help them know love. And I genuinely want them to know God and I genuinely want them to know that I'm for them. I'm not against them. And even when I disagree with them, I, I, I'm not trying to get, I don't care whether they agree with me. I just most importantly want them to know that I love them and that God loves them. If you could write these things out and then just pray about it and think about how that's a strength, that's a gifting, that's something you have and and then let God remind you of that in any room you enter into, in any relationship you enter into, that this is something you do well. This is something that's good about you. And remind yourself of that maybe when you enter rooms where it's not going well or, or you're in places where you don't do it well or you know the things where you've failed or someone comes and tells you what you've done wrong or or the pastor starts telling you all the things you should do, or maybe I keep telling you, you need to do this, you need to do that, and you just become overwhelmed. Maybe start with this. Just start with, well, first I need to know, this is, this is something I do well. Now, I, I, I hesitate because I don't want to add to a bunch of things. I don't, I don't want to make a bunch of lists for you to follow, but this exercise, I think, is a way that I want to encourage you that God is speaking to you. Now, I asked this, you notice I didn't say, no, ask God to show you this. Now, I think God is with you. As a Christian, God is with you, and God will show you who you are. But one of the problems is sometimes when we say, ask God to show us who we are, some people believe that the first thing God says to us is a word of correction. Like the first thing he says is, you know, you're, the, you're, you know, you're sinful and wicked and worthless and and, you know, the, here's the thing you need to know about yourself is you're too loud and you're too grumpy and you're too angry and you're too this. And, and so we don't spend time quiet before the Lord because we're afraid of the first thing God will say. But I believe the first words that God s- says are words of love. From his kindness, we find repentance. From his acceptance, we find repentance. Yes, God will tell us stuff of what we need to do and grow and change and repent. But when he tells us that, that's a sign. I mean, that's just, that's good news. It's thank you, Lord, that you revealed this to me. That's not, oh, I wish I hadn't spent time with God. That's, oh, I'm so glad I spent time with you. I'd like you to spend some time and get in this habit before church you know, on Saturday or Wednesday or Thursday, spend some time like, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you doing in my life? Spend some time reading the Word. 
spend some time praying before you turn on turn on all the stuff that that feeds you and the sermons and the messages and the radio and the podcast and the let the lord speak to you first and then let the other stuff be a confirmation of what god has already been saying to you because if you don't allow god to speak to you first then what other people say can sometimes become an accusation and we don't grow in the knowledge and the goodness of god we just grow restless and frustrated with our own growth. So just take this to heart. Take some time. Ask the Lord to show you who you are, things that you love about yourself, attributes that are good, and then just walk those out. And I believe you'll continue to grow in those attributes as you let God speak into your life and speak into your heart. I hope this is helpful, and I really would like to hear from you if it has helped you at all, okay? God bless you. Hey, thanks for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, The Fairly Spiritual Show. Uh, You can text me, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. You can support this show by going to fairlyspiritual.org and donating today. That's fairlyspiritual.org. You can also pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. That's another way to support the ministry that I do. Love you guys. Make room for the Lord. He will speak a word to you that will encourage you today and for all eternity. All right, I'll see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.